Welcome to Cheers to Leaving. My name is Christina Carlson and I am a religious renegade coach. I specialize in helping women and non-binary folks discover their purpose, confidence, and values outside of religion through one-on-one coaching. And my name is Rachel Feely. I'm a musician, a singer, and I am processing my history with religion while deconstructing. I feel a passion for individuals stuck in purity culture, and I hope to bring understanding and clarity to others like me who have left. Cheers to leaving. Uh, I want your research for this episode. How went my research? (laughs) What message from the Lord did you bring to Uh, us today? Well, I just... It was weird reading the Bible again, for one. So you actually did, because I did too. Mm -hmm. I just like... It's been so long. It's been like five years since I opened a Bible. Yeah, well, I read it online, so I still didn't open a Bible. Okay. I don't think I own any Bibles anymore. I think Ava owns, like, a child Bible. But really? My mom gave it to her. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I, like, I just read online. But it was weird again. I think I, I read some of Romans, and I was like, okay, first of all, the Bible talks really weird. But <laughs> yes. also, like, this is bringing back some memories. I felt like after I was writing about this, because, like, it's been so long since I've opened one. I forgot how ancient the text is. Mm-hmm. Like, except Christians still talk like that. I know to an extent, but it sounds like it sounds like you're reading an ancient text. And I never like when when I was deep. Are. Yes, I know. <laughs> but like when I was deep in Christianity, I never like I was like, oh, you don't get it. Like it's yeah, super this relevant. This makes so much sense. It's very like valuable for the present age it's it's mm-hmm. super relevant and it makes sense that it's literal because this and this i read like half a chapter of a story and i was like what the fuck is what going is on it is it what is like saying? it is an ancient random mm-hmm. text because what i realized is like so much of the meaning that was pulled out of here was like pastor's interpretation like there wasn't meaning in most of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there was, but we don't know what it is. And it definitely wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so bizarre. It is bizarre. And it was definitely unclear. Yeah, and like, I feel like the um, the video that I sent you earlier, we can link the link that in the show notes, because I thought that was really interesting. Yes, especially because she was like a highly recognized biblical scholar. Yeah. And, and she, she was like, Moses isn't real. And you were like, what? And she's like, oh, he didn't exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he didn't exist. So he couldn't have wrote the Bible. I was just and, like, and yet she had so, so much respect for the Bible. Mm-hmm. She was like, it's a, like an ancient text. It like, well, explains like, so much of yeah. how our history and culture came from. She's dedicated her life to it, to yeah. studying it. And yet she just said Moses never existed. So. And I think that that's, I think that that's cool because... She finds value in studying it for mm-hmm. its historical value. Yeah. And and I think that's why also, it's still very much known and around, too. It's just because it's mm-hmm. a very old book. Yeah. I mean, we're going to keep historical artifacts, too. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Um, I know we've mentioned before the Noah's Ark Museum. It's in uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Built by Ken Ham. 
It's it's like the size of Noah's Ark or something close. It's real. It's their new. Christianity Today released an article. It said it has about 7,000 visitors a Saturday. And so this is like, this is a thriving... Is, what's the pull? It can't just be Noah's Ark. Creationism. Okay. So it's, it's set to like promote creationism. And they announced that they're going to be creating a museum like on the same campus. Mm-hmm. Of the Tower of Babel. <laughs> so why? I know. <laughs> they didn't give any other information, like, but that's that isn't was like that the mostly about like, like people. What are they gonna? Isn't that mostly like about people? Yeah. So like, like are they just gonna have wax figures? I don't. I really on? have no idea. That was like the number one question in the comments. Was like, wait, why? <laughs> why? I'm sorry. Why? What? This wasn't like why? God. You know, basically, like the story is that. Um, one of the peoples decided to build a tower so they could reach God. Mm -hmm. And then God got angry about that. Mm -hmm. And then he's a moody little bitch in the (laughs) Old Testament. (laughs) Guy daddy got mad and divided their languages. And And that's why we have culture and language. I know. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like of all the things you'd pick to like promote, I feel like Noah's Ark makes a lot more sense. I mean, it's yeah. still, it's still like, wow, really, that was a pretty angry move on mm-hmm. God's part. But yeah, why promote that? genocide? <laughs> yeah, genocide. <laughs> Maybe I just don't get it at all. I'm um, mad. I'm going to just commit genocide to something I've recently created. <laughs> There's so many memes about that. Um, the interesting thing is, like, as as I like dissect and deconstruct evangelical Christianity, the more respect I have for like people's beliefs in a God, not this God. I really don't have any respect for this form of God, other than that there are some people who practice something similar, like liberal Christianity. And I've seen that done Mm -hmm. in a beautiful way. Um, but like, believing in a divine or, like, in something that's guiding their life. And I've seen that be really helpful and beneficial for people. But I don't see the connection between this and that type of spirituality. Mm-hmm. It it feels, like, very, very different. Yeah, it does. And it is. Yeah. Uh, what stories did you look at? Um, I have... Well, the first one I actually didn't hear about as a child child just because it is pretty like I feel like parents and pastors skipped over verses that would have made you be like what the fuck I mean not always but this one's like pretty what the fuck and it's um it's in judges it's judges 19 judges have a lot of fucked up stuff in it actually it does but this is a levite and his concubine okay so I mean cuz it's weird to me that like I knew what concubines were at a very young age, and yeah. yet I didn't know about, but my parents got weird about, like, strip club scenes, or, like, you know, exotic dancers, or stuff yeah. like that, and I'm like, but I know what a concubine is. David had, like, a hundred of them. <laughs> you know? It's just, like, yeah, it's just such a weird concept to, like, have, like, think about Christians being like, yeah, let's talk about concubines. Yeah, I heard that from, like, the pulpit, yeah. and in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Like, concubines. It's chill. It's just it's just an extra Bible. gal David had sex with. That's I mean, you know. 
No big deal. No, he lay with her. Yeah, he <laughs> laid with her. <laughs> oh, so they snuggled. Okay. <laughs> His special hug. His special hug. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to like read from it because it's just crazy, um, but I'll like shorten it. But basically, this Levite is traveling from Bethlehem in Judea, in Judea to a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim or something. I think it's Ephraim. Ephraim. But honestly, I don't know if that was my mom's way of saying it. So. Oh, okay. That's how I pronounce things in the Bible the way my mom did because she always read it to us. And she said it was such confidence that she was like, it is Ephraim. Yes. And I was like, okay, it is. <laughs> that is how you say it. Um, so I guess like no one would take this guy in for the night and he was traveling with his like donkey and his servant and his concubine because I guess that's just chill. You know, it's chill. It's normal. Um, and this old guy's like, oh, you can come stay at my house. And so they go and stay at this guy's house and he gives them something to eat and drink. And while they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of the city surrounded the house. Pounding on the door, they shouted to the old man who owned the house, bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. The owner of the house went outside and said, no, my friends, don't be so vile. Since this man is my guest, don't do this outrageous thing. Look, here is my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out to you, and you can use them and do whatever you wish. But as for this man, don't do such an outrageous thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man took his concubine and sent her outside to them, and they raped her and abused her throughout the night, and at dawn they let her go. At daybreak, the woman went back to the house where her master was staying, fell down at the door, and lay there until daylight. When her master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue on his way, there lay his concubine, fallen in the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, get up, let's go. But there was no answer. Then the man put her on his donkey, set out for home. I'm almost done. When he reached home, he took a knife out, cut up his concubine, limb by limb, into 12 parts, and sent them into all the areas of Israel. <laughs> Oh Everyone God. who saw it was saying to one another, such a thing has never been seen or done, not since the day the Israelites came up out of Egypt. Just imagine, we must do something, speak up. And I'm just going to stop there because... Oh my God. I know. Okay, hold on. Because, I mean, it's been a while since I've read through the Bible. That sounds exactly like Sodom and Gomorrah. It could be. No, it's not because that's not how it ends. In Sodom and Gomorrah, they stay in the town, and then they leave the next morning. Hold on. Are they in the, is it, is it, does it eventually turn into that? No, because it's, it's. I don't even remember where Sodom it's and Gomorrah Lot. is. Yeah, Lot and his wife. That's what that's talking about? No. I didn't hear that in there. I'm so, conf that's so fascinating. It's almost like they use two different texts about the same story and combine them to make something else. They could have. Because that's the exact same story. He said they, the townspeople came to the door and they said, give us this guy to have sex with. And this, the master of the house says, no, here's my daughters. Literally what? same. Yes. I don't know what. Hold on. Hold the phone. You said that was in Judges? Judges 19. Okay. This Bible is fucking ridiculous. Oh <laughs> it's all... Crinkled up with water. Um, From nope. Josiah's tears. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. <laughs> I have to look this up because, um, dear listener, 
you know? Yeah. This is very interesting for those of you who studied the Bible as much as I did. Um, I'm going to look it up in here. Yeah. Judges 19. Oh my god, I saw this and it was 16. I was like, that's not, that's not that story. The Levite and his concubine. Uh, okay, go to Genesis 14. 1 through 7. Oh my god, this Bible. It's the... <laughs> <laughs> the pages are stuck. The pages Wait, Genesis what? 14. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 14. <laughs> the crunchy. The crunchy. 14, um, 1 through 17, I believe. I mean, I think of, I, I don't know, I was re-watching Game of Thrones a little while back, like the first season when they have like people in the stocks and they're holding people in cages and it's like mm -hmm. muddy everywhere and you're like, that's just medieval like mud and everybody's just dirty do y'all do the renaissance festival i've never been because my parents you know they were like do you guys want to go with us this year sure it's so fun that would be really it's fun. really fun it's weird no it i've always wanted to go i just yeah. like my mom was like you know <laughs> turning her nose up at it when i was like yeah. younger and like I just never did. It's for sure weird, but eating a turkey leg outside is pretty satisfying. Yeah. And turkey getting like a tiny great. bit tipsy while you do it. Do you dress up? No. Oh. That's too much work. We got a toddler. <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> I always thought it would be fun to dress up, but also I'm like, everyone else is dressed up there, so. Yeah, it sounds fun. People. It, it is. We went in the rain last year and it was still fun. It rained like the entire, well, not last year, it was like two years ago or whatever. I don't think it done. Yeah, nothing happened last year. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. This is just a shit year. Nothing. Okay, sorry. Anyway, go on with your stories. Um, so that was the eating of the flesh. Um, there's another one in Judges because Judges is super fucked up. A daughter is burned as an acceptable sacrifice to God. What? Um, I'm going to mess up his name. Is there name. any context to that? Jeff, Jeffa, Jephthah. 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 I'm going with my mom's pronunciation and here. <laughs> Made a vow to the Lord. If you give me the Ammonites yeah. into my hands, whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be the Lord's oh and I will God. sacrifice it as a burnt offering. Which, why the fuck would you say that? That's sir. Okay. That, that <laughs> was used as a lesson from a mom to not Promise make things. promises. So, like, you don't know what will happen, so don't make promises. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Those oh, two were tied God. together for us. Because otherwise you might lose a child. That's so extreme. It's so extreme <laughs> because it's like, you might get burned alive, Christina, yeah. if you promise something. Yeah. <laughs> like, What? No, I don't, don't want to make any promises. I remember like father say, don't promise anything. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Don't promise anything. Careful I what mean, comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. And then it says when Jephthah, 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 Jephthah. It's fine. It's, there's a lot of, it's like P-H-T-H in the same like 
string Jephthah. thing. Jephthah. Isn't that like weird? Like, I think it's supposed much. to be Hebrew. Yeah, I'm sure. Because I'm pretty sure the original text is Hebrew. And I have always struggled with the Hebrew accent. I did know some Hebrew because we used to go to a Messianic Jewish church. Yeah, um, um, that's the church I grew up in. Like, it's Messianic. Really? Mm -hmm. Did we talk about snow? Did you do Passover? Yes. And Rosh did you Hashanah. Go, did you go find the the mm -hmm. matzah? Was it in like, like kids' nursery? Because it was always in our church where we <laughs> No, it wasn't the always there. He would just hide it wherever the pastor <laughs> would. And then they would have like certain kids come up and be like, why is tonight not like all other nights or whatever the fuck they say? We like did the whole thing and we like yeah. would dip our fingers in the grape juice because, you know, it can't yeah. be wine and like do the plagues of Egypt or whatever. Okay, I loved doing that while I was like, I did too because so I got fun. to stick my hands in my drink and just like <laughs> spray it everywhere. I just like that the kids were a part, like that we got to be a part of the adult stuff and mm -hmm. that we were like a critical part of like doing this. Yeah. It just felt important. Yes. <laughs> as a kid. I think it'd be really fun to go to like like, instead of, like, a messianic version of it, or, like, actual. yeah, go to an actual one and just really see, like, how they do it, and, yeah. like, where it actually originated from, without yeah. any other bullshit in there. Yeah. Right. Even anyway. colonization. Yeah, without all the colonization in there. The West. Um, okay, so when Jephthah returned to his home in Mizpah, who should come out to meet him but his daughter? Dancing to the sound of timbrels? What is that? I think it's like a tambourine. So why don't you say tambourine? Because <laughs> they're sticking to the Hebrew, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> is this King James or New It's King NIV, James. actually. New, what does NIV stand for? New, Inter New International, International Version. Um, so I guess after the two months, she returned to her father, and he did to her what he had vowed. She got to go off with her friend and cry for two months, didn't she? Something like she that. She said, I didn't write for you. I remember this story now. It's I Judges remember 11, thinking it was so 30 sad. through 39. Yes. After burning his daughter, Jephthah was rewarded with a prestigious judgeship and was later buried with honor. So that's the Bible for you, folks. <laughs> oh my god. I remember hearing about this when I was like in junior high. I remember this story too. I'm thinking like. What did she do? Like, she did nothing mm -hmm. but get excited to see her dad. Mm -hmm. And her dad's like, uh, I have to burn you now. I have to kill you because I'm going to burn you. To God. Again, loyalty to God. Killing yep. your children. Exactly. This I'm view gonna, like, of children is horrible. I'm about to go on Facebook right now and just, like, post all of these stories about children dying in the Bible and be like, well, shove so your pro-life <laughs> shit up your ass. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fired up. <laughs> Shove it up there. Um, oh, God threatens rape. God what? threatens sexual molestation. When does God read that? I hadn't heard this one. I looked it up. But, um, so it's like new to me. But, um, hear and give ear. Do not be haughty. This is Jeremiah 13, 15 through 26. Do not be haughty, for the Lord has spoken. And I'm not reading every single thing. That's why it's going to be super short. And if you say in your heart, why have these things come upon me? It is for the greatness of your iniquity that your skirts are lifted up and you are violated. Because you have forgotten me and trusted in lies. I myself will lift up your skirts over your face and your shame will be seen. I know. So like... 
This is the Lord's words. Okay, so, pause for a moment. Think about like all of the stories that we've read and the portrayal of women and children. Mm-hmm. It is no fucking wonder that women and children are looked so lowly on within this religious system. And weak. Yes, weak to be used to be a part of someone else's agenda and plan. Mm-hmm. No autonomy. No sovereignty. No choice in your life. And when questioned, it's the Lord's will. Yes. I know. I, it's just been a while since I've read the Old Testament and... I mean, well, I know this I is in the New Testament. I well. stopped. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. It's been five years for me. It's but, probably been longer for me because even, like, when I was sort of, like, dabbling in other <laughs> things, um, the New Testament was really kind of, like, all I would read because it's the only thing that, like, made a little bit more sense than the Old Testament. Yes. That is so... That's so interesting to look at because, like... Yeah, it's, it's really, it explains a lot of how I felt when I was in it. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, going to, I don't know, like, I don't know if you felt this, if you were, like, single and at a Christian church, but, like, you can tell the way people look at you, like, men who are single or men who are dating or with someone. They don't look at a woman unless she's with a man, if they're married, and they only look at a woman if she's single, if they're single. If they think they can date you. Mm-hmm. But otherwise there is literally no attention given you. It's like if your husband introduces you or your partner or boyfriend introduces you, they say hi. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's back to the man you're with. Mm-hmm. And if you're single and just standing there, you could just be completely ignored. Unless they want to date you. Yeah. It's it's so objectifying. Culty. Yeah, culty. Yes. Culty. It's so disrespectful. It was so exhausting. That's one of the reasons I stopped going. I was just like, I'm not, like, literally not even a person here. And I'm treated better just, like, by average people who are outside of this system. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not, like, to be, I'm not a prize to be won, to quote Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> but it just felt like it felt so inhuman. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this explains a lot of that. Yeah. Well, and especially, like, I know people have read this shit, the whole read a Bible in a year thing. Some I people have done like that many times. Yeah. Yes. You read this shit. Yes. I'm sure you didn't retain it all, but it's just like, you're still reading it. It's in your subconscious, the way that they view it, and you're mm-hmm. seeing it as like a literal truth. Yeah. You're you're subconsciously taking in the message that women are low Trash. here. Yeah. Yes. Property, like... No worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, men have no worth either apart from God, but women have no worth either apart from God or man mm-hmm. and their ability to have kids. Yeah. Well, and, like, notice, like, he said their iniquity, but, like, and I'm putting air quotes over iniquity, but it's, like, they didn't do anything immoral. They just, quote, forgot God. That's it. Like, I'm sorry, why did they deserve the that? <laughs> Y'all my basic cooking. Yeah. And you forgot. What a tightrope to walk. Mm-hmm. What a ride. I mean, that's why it's impossible to be a woman in that environment. That's why I left because mm-hmm. I was I was dating someone who kept saying, like, I need you to be like a person and have your own opinions. And I was like, 
kept thinking to myself that like I can't because I'm supposed to submit here. Mm-hmm. You want me to submit here. And then he kept saying that and I was like, okay, well, I can't do that here, so bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go become a person now yeah. because I can't do that here. And then I was just like, no, th- there is no. Well, and anytime this we is not tried, a big enough container like, for me yeah. anymore. Got to go. Yeah, and every time you try. Yeah. yeah. Every time you try, it was just like you were shut down because they were like, mm, why are you acting like you have a personality? <laughs> Why are you being? Why are you? Why being? are you being right now? It's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm too. I'm too big for this. Yeah. I got too tall. <laughs> I got too tall for that system. Yeah. It cannot contain me anymore. There's just no room to be human. Yeah, I'm not a small person, and I'm not going to be small for you. Yeah. And like, poor God. It's too tiring. And you just think if like God really does love us this much, like why is He asking this? Like us to just be so small and insignificant, and yes. and I know we are insignificant in retrospect to the entire fucking universe. But sure. like, if we're so important to God's plan and all this stuff, then like, why is He just like treating us like shit? If He's so big, why does He need us to make ourselves smaller? Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's like an egotistical man. He must not be that great if He's asking us to act like we're less than we are. He just sounds like a typical human. Yeah. Literally does. Like, yeah. of any of the, where they were just, like, trying to make him feel good and, like, all this stuff. It's like, I'm sorry, I thought he was a perfect being who, like, didn't need, but, like, and then, like, the whole thing that, this concept of eternity of how we're just gonna, like, worship him the rest of eternity, one, freaked me the fuck out, <laughs> but two, it was just, like, why do we need to worship him why this he much? That? Yeah, why does he need this? Yeah. Like... If he's so, like, humble and almighty and great and all that stuff, like, why does he need us to do this for him? Because supposedly it would be good for us. Yeah. But then it's not, though. It's not. (laughs) I would like to just, like, kind of enjoy my life, what you gave me. And they're like, life's a gift. And I'm like, well, I don't get to use it. (laughs) I I like to think that if there is a God, that she is. Like, definitely is she. Well, and also, I, I saw a quote today that was like, I'm going to butcher this, so if I can find it, I will share it later, but it was like, if a person can't see God as a she, then they can't can't see the image of God, of, of God in a woman. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're not seeing a woman as divinely from God as they are a man. Yeah. And I thought that was very insightful and fascinating, and... I think that's true. Like, if if there is a God, which I'm open to the concept of... I don't think it would have, like, a gender. No. No, I don't think so either. There would be nothing... That's so so binary and small. I'm like, God is non-binary. Yes. Yes. So... (laughs) God is a being that is, if they exist, is divine. And outside of any box and confines that we could possibly come up with... Mm -hmm wants us to have our full expression of energy that they gave us to have and wants wants that expression to move and is a powerful force that is not all powerful mm-hmm. because all power all powerful being that controls everything just doesn't fucking make sense in a world with this much you call him father Ew. Ew. <laughs> in that video Danny. that we will tag she yes. was like it's just so much of men with Daddy issues. Yes. <laughs> it is. They're like, oh, your heavenly father. father. And I'm like, 
First of all, that doesn't even make sense because, like, it's a man who does, like, men, like, a woman would make more sense. She creates life, you and know what I mean? It. And nurtures it. Like, women have the wombs and Especially in this them. culture. Right. So it's yeah. like, wouldn't that make more sense? Like, why wouldn't you make it a mother? Or, I don't know, a man? Really? <laughs> like... Uh, a white man, if we're going white evangelical church. <laughs> yeah, the West came in and we're like, oh, God is white. Absolutely. <laughs> I saw this um, thing on Twitter that, like, some uh, right-wing person was like, oh, you know, next you know they're going to be tearing down statues of Jesus. Statues. Statues of Jesus, you know, while they were tearing down oh, all those yeah. statues and all that. And someone called and be like, uh, no, he was the... I'm going to butcher it, too. She was like, yeah. He was, like, the first uh, black man uh, who who experienced, like, police brutality or something, so we're going to leave that shit up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I, and I know I've mentioned this before on this podcast. I, I have heard an expression of the gospel from a progressive Christian that made me, like, moved me to tears, mm-hmm. which was a, that this person does not believe in a literal Old Testament. Um, but their portrayal of the New Testament is that, like, is a story of oppression and a person of color, a black person who rose out of that to fight for mm-hmm. his people. Yeah. And his mother stood by and watched while the police killed him. Mm-hmm. And he was the savior and he created a movement that would later free his people. Like, it was, I was like, that's so, that's really cool mm-hmm. and really beautiful. And if, if evangelicalism even remotely believed anything like that, this would be a much different situation. Yeah. Um, oh, this is Genesis 19 again. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, so these were angels. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down and faced the ground. My lords, he said, please turn, turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way in the morning. No, we will spend the night in the square. But he strongly insisted that they go with him and enter his house. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the old man said the same thing to Levi, the Levite and his concubine. You yeah. can't stay out here in the square. You need yeah. to come stay at my house. This is the same story. But it's not. But it's not. It was just. It, like, it is. So what happened, and this, this is similar to like the story of Jesus dying on the cross. There are so many ancient texts that include this similar story. A man came, died for the people, died on the cross. Like, was it's the same story? And so these were written and written in ancient texts because these stories used to be oral. Mm-hmm. This is a lot longer than two thousand years ago. This is like old stuff right. that people used to just like tell word of mouth. So in different cultures, they had similar stories. I wouldn't be surprised if this was like used to be some kind of parable, mm-hmm. and it happened to be in two different. Books yeah. that they chose to be in the Bible, they're not they're not said to be the same things, but that's the same damn story. That is, they just switched out some names and that's it. That and is they, so interesting. They changed the city. Plagiarism. <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to figure out like what. So lot went out. Yeah, where's the have they went to have sex with him? Yeah, that's I'm trying to figure out. I think it's also crazy. Our parents were like. Don't talk about sex, but here's the Bible, which has a ton of sex and rape. It's in worse it. than Game of Thrones. Yeah, my parents didn't allow me to talk full. about sex or see any sex unless it was rape. So my experiences of sex were 
images and what because the girl didn't want it so that makes sense better yes and even then, it was somehow her fault because being in the wrong place, wrong time, etc. But we all were taught that. But I think our parents, to an extent, did it just so we would like be afraid and not do those very things. Afraid. <laughs> be very afraid. Okay, I'm trying to think. Did the men reach his house and pull Lot back into the house and shut the door? Wait. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door. Nope. <laughs> nope nope okay we'll spend the night in the square no said lot you need to be safe um okay they ate bread without yeast he told the angels they needed to be safe yes so and said no my friend oh, okay lot went outside to meet people so there's like people calling from outside the house where are the men who came with you tonight they're fucking hot bring them out so we can have sex with them yeah that's the fucking hot part they're angels i imagine they're like beautiful people yeah um, well, yeah. <laughs> if they were real. If they okay. were real. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind them and said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out. So he gives his own daughters here. Just like the old man in the house that was like, have my virgin. Yeah. And then the other guy was like, here, have my, have my concubine. Daughters. Jeez. This is the Ugh. same story. And you can do what you like with them, but don't do anything to these men if they come under my roof for protection. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreign foreigner, and now he wants to play judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure to Lot and moved forward to break down the door, but the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back in. So the angels pulled Lot back in, and then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they couldn't find the door. So the angel, so they didn't get as far as I can tell. They didn't get the girls. They didn't. But no thanks to their dad. No thanks to their dad, and also very like was this custom? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Women were property. Like here's my daughter. The only the reason anything has changed in that is not because like Christians were like, oh, we don't do that anymore. It was literally because of feminists. I don't care what you say. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, black trans women are the reason that any women have rights mm-hmm. in this country. And it's fucking ridiculous, though. And I was thinking about, like, when... I'm tr- I don't know the actual date for this, but, like, for it was a pretty long time before women could even own property. Mm-hmm. Like, very recently. Yeah, in bank accounts. Yeah, in bank accounts. Yeah. So that's why I always, like, think it's funny when the church is like, oh, well just don't do that anymore i'm like yeah because women stood up and fought for it not because the church had anything to do with it not because it was god's love not because whatever but i'm like if god was cool with that then like do you think he like changes no because he's not supposed to change because he's god so i'm like god still feels this way if he was cool with it then yeah Anyway, that's getting, like, way too yeah, much sorry. into I, it. I took a big rabbit trail off of that. I just thought that was so interesting. I was like, no, what story that is, is she reading right super now? super weird. I did not know that. Because yeah. I was like, I haven't heard this story before about the Levite and the concubine. Maybe. But then, like, I've heard that lot story a million times. I didn't mm-hmm. think about the connection. That's so, yeah, that was, that was the one kind of real fucked up thing. But also, like... What is with him taking a knife and cutting her up into 12 parts? Like, I don't know the history behind <laughs> what them. is that supposed to do? Yeah, and sending him out to Israel, people being like, oh my god! Like, really? That's all? That's never happened before. Yeah. Like, good, okay? That's good thing. That's good news. This is pretty fucked up. What on earth? 
Like, and, like, what a weird thing to do. Like, he just treats her like trash. He's like, get up, let's go. And then he puts her on his donkey, and then he gets home and cuts her up. Like, what was... What, why do we hear this story? Is this word of God? What is the point of this story? I don't know. What is Who the is point? Who is this <laughs> Are we supposed to care? Is this like someone of? It literally starts out in those days. Israel had no king. So are we? Is God? Are they trying to be like guys? It was really wicked out there. (laughs) But if our God was like Jesus came back, they were cry. Or before like (laughs) David was king, or like whatever the divine. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't really know. I just like was like that's pretty fucked up. I mean, not only is he like. The daughter thing, mm-hmm. and then the concubine thing, and then he, like, cuts her up like a goddamn savage. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll let you take the next one. <laughs> um, maybe not savage, but... God, that's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, well, I was thinking about... Um, I kind of wanted to say a point on that, too, because it made me think of it, um, how, how, like, there was, there was such a, a line of, like, especially for sexuality, like, we're, we're seeing, in the Bible, we're seeing, like, these extreme things, Mm -hmm. like, here, have my daughters, and all this stuff. (laughs) I would, I meant to do the story of, um, Jacob and Esau. And I can go over that a little bit in a minute. But, like, as I was reading it, I I was, like, looking on and on and on. And um, I came across this story. I'm trying to find it in my notes. Um, I should have spaced out my notes because I know there's a lot of other notes. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a story that Abraham has two daughters and they get him drunk and rape him and then they both get pregnant and one of the daughters descendants are like the Ammonites or something and the other one are like the Moabites I think I do remember this story this is in this is in Genesis it's like very near the beginning because this is Abraham yeah and I was just like thinking about the absurdity of that story first of all that it was taught to us like I knew that story pretty young Mm-hmm. And how, like, interesting it is that there was, like, there was, like, such a complete lack of understanding around humanity and sexuality and also, like, a boundary mm-hmm. because this was how sexuality was presented to me. Like, there's this heteronormative, very specific, like, way of doing things that God has designed. And if you step outside of this, you are on your way to, like, drugging and raping your father or giving your children over to have sex with, like, raped by city members. Like, this was the, this was the implication is, like, you were headed down that road. Mm -hmm. There was no, like, it was so polarized from, like, not, like, black and white because obviously that's bad. Right. but, But it was, like... It was like you either have a heteronormative, gender-ruled, man-led, specific relationship, or you're on your way to incest and pedophilia. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's like, what it, like, that was, like, explicitly stated. Like, you were capable of all of these types of wickedness. 
-hmm. And if you just so much as like do anything different, that is where it's headed. And I just found that like so fascinating because that's not said in the Bible Mm -hmm. for one thing, um, specifically not in the Old Testament, but that's like the implication that we got from it growing up. And I don't, I know the purity culture was like a movement on top of that, but I feel like that's what purity culture is rooted in. This idea of like, the more extremely you follow the rules, you're be- the better your life will be. The more you like step outside of this, the worse things will get for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's just so fascinating to me. And also, why, why, why was that story like? <laughs> I felt like that one, maybe they were just like, and that's why all these people in the descendants and hundreds of thousands of years later are evil because they came from this incident. Or yeah, like, well, how like we're all just bad because we came from Eve. It's the yeah, same thing. It's the birth. You were born. You were born. Oh, and that, I'm just going to go right into, like, my actual one. That's fine. Um, of Jacob and Esau. It had been a minute since I read this one. I still remember it, like, decently well. Yeah, I remember it well, too, but I probably admit, I probably can't think of a lot of details now. Yeah, I mean, I, I read I it. It's pretty it. brief. It's maybe two paragraphs or a paragraph if you wrote it out on a typed page. Um... But it's like, basically, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, Mm -hmm. have two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob is Sarah's favorite, and Esau is Abraham's favorite. (laughs) I'm struggling with details. Um, But anyway, they were like, they played favorites or whatever. Mm -hmm. But Esau was technically the firstborn. So he like... Jacob, like, was this, like, swarthy, like, smart person. So was Esau, but, like, Esau was, like, an upright, like, gonna do things the right way. Came back starving one day. Was like, I need food or I'm gonna die. And Jacob's like, sell me your, sell me your birthright or whatever. And he's like, fine, I'll swear to you my birthright because otherwise I'm gonna die. It's no good if I'm dead. So he does that, loses his birthright. And then, like, when Abraham's about to die, he's like, he tells Esau... Go bring me some food, cook it, and come back, and I'll give you my blessing. But he's blind at this point. Mm-hmm. And so his oh, mom is like, hey, Jacob, go get some food. I'll make you some soup, and we'll put fur on your arms mm-hmm. so we can't tell because your brother's hairy. And he's, hairy. he steals the blessing. But the, the fascinating thing is, like, it's so interesting. There's only one blessing to give, apparently. And he gives it, and then he's, like, so angry when he finds out Abraham is. And then instead of, like, giving anything to Esau, he's, like, he curses him. He's, like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing left for me to give to you. You will always serve your brother. You will always live in misery. Doesn't he, like, cast him and his uh, mom out in the desert or something? I didn't get that far. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure that's what happens. The, The most interesting of all of this to me is that Jacob was, like, the swarthy, slimy one who stole these things from his brother. He is the descendant. Mm Mm-hmm. He is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, so what are they really teaching The fuck us? happened to Esau? <laughs> the fuck happened? <laughs> and then just did everything right, and look what happened. It's like the beginning of capitalism. Fight your way to the top. <laughs> climb that ladder. Yeah. At just whatever cost. Do, yeah. And God's blessing you. <laughs> I'm going to bring my story up anytime people are like, oh, this isn't God's way. I'm like, well, it actually is. <laughs> he rewards people who do things. He rewards people. Have you ever heard of Jacob? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is crazy that like we were taught that story because like nothing bad happened to Jacob. Like what did he repent or something and then everyone was like, Oh, it's fine, don't worry about it. I do not think he repented. I don't think he did either, but I wondered if like after they told us that story they tried to spin it off. Like, ugh. And Jacob felt bad and humbled himself before the Lord and whatever. I don't know. I think it. I think it was like a just a factual story. This is what happened. The this end. Happened. This is where Jacob. I came think it from. was like God's generosity and forgiveness or something. Probably. And then I know that I. I don't. I didn't read it yesterday or anything, but I'm pretty sure that God or Abraham put some sort of protection on Esau or on Jacob so that Esau wouldn't kill him. Because he knew that Esau was, like, really mad at his brother for stealing his blessing. Well, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> no. So he shit. got all the blessing and the protection. Mm-hmm. And he went about his life. Yeah. So he's just a winner. I know there's more to this story. <laughs> he's just a winner. He's just a winner. He's, he's Charlie Sheen. All I do is win. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I am trying to look up something that reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, just because, and this is a conversation I had with, uh, a pastor, hmm. one that always likes to kind of jump in on my status. I was going to say, is this I, recent? Yeah. Okay. Anytime I say something controversial, 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 I can't talk. <laughs> Shul? Thank you. I don't know. That's how I say it. Controversial. Controversial. <laughs> controversial. Making up my new language. Um, but I was thinking about how, like it's apologetics and Christians, whatever, just like, like sweep it under the rubs, rub. I think what's happening is my brain is like, it's, it's, You're it's way processing ahead. too fast. You're way ahead. I can't keep up. Okay. Um, I think it's interesting how they just push it under the rug. Anytime God does whatever the fuck he wants, like whether it's committing genocide or anything like that, because, mm-hmm. It's, it's just justified by, like, well, he's God, and he created life, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And I'm like, um, no, first of all. <laughs> but I posted something about how, like, it was it was pro-choice, basically. But it really wasn't about abortion. It was more about how, like, criminalizing an abortion, abortion won't stop it because... Right. Rich guys and politicians will still have access to safe abortion, right. but they'll just be, like, keeping people in poverty, and instead in of investing poverty. in education and yeah. contraception and things like that, which is just smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I said, basically, I said, if we all base laws off of what people thought were moral, we would literally have to outlaw everything, you know, because everyone has a different scale of mm-hmm. morality and beliefs right. and like that. I said... Also, if you base this moral belief off of the Bible, let's also remember how God deemed it fine to kill all of the firstborns of Egypt simply because Pharaoh didn't do what he wanted. Kind of a double standard. And I said again, no one wants more abortion, so let's just like educate people and give them contraception. And he goes, the father gives life, only he can take away. You will deal with him about that. I know you think you are bold, but you haven't seen him or met him. I have a healthy awe of the creator of all. Oh. We shall all stand before him. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, but did you hear yourself? The father gives life only he can take away. So like, I'm just like, what a fucking cop out. That's what they all do. Even with that story of Jacob. It's like, oh, well, 
God did it, so he must have had a good reason. His, his ways God are can, higher than ours. Yeah, ways. like, God can do whatever he wants because he's the creator. He and it's like write off anything with Yeah, that. I know. I'm like, so you're just, you just wrote off my, like, that's why I was like, how do you give such a shit about unborn fetuses when, like, God has killed so many babies throughout the Bible and you want to sit here so and act babies. like this is his rule, not yours? It's just like, <sighs> so many <sighs> Oh, anyway, sitting I'm just on a, yeah. sitting on a throne dictating rules. Yes, not you God, sit not on a throne God this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's just like, oh well, God can do whatever he wants because God. And I'm like, okay, but that's that's probably what they said about all these evil kings and all these other like evil people throughout. You know, all these other gods. What do you the got? Title what do you got? <laughs> um, I I don't know. I have like ten small stories but I don't I don't need to read them all but basically um I mean there's a line in Leviticus where basically God makes people eat human flesh what oh I remember that and if ye this is King James so it's gonna be ye thou they then whatever okay and if ye will not for all this hearken unto me but walk contrary unto me then I will contrary unto you, also in fear. <laughs> if you gonna be contrary to me, I will be contrary to you, <laughs> bro. Okay. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins, and ye shall eat the flesh of your sons, and the flesh of your daughters shall ye eat. This is reminding me of Game of Thrones when Arya feeds the flesh and of the guy, the king's son, to the king. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is like medieval real shit. biblical. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But that's what that reminded me of that conversation with him about like, well, abortion is bad, but killing all the firstborns are not because, because God, God did, it. did it. So we can't question him. And I'm like, actually, it's super good to question So that's people. a pretty gray area. Like, murder is a pretty gray mm-hmm. area when you look at the Bible. If, if you're considered, which I do not, but it, if as... An evangelical, you consider an abortion to be a murder. Right. Murder's a pretty great area in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's in all of the chapters. Yes. Every, it's, it is like, Everybody's my first dying. memories was Jesus died and images of Jesus dying and people being murdered and drowning in the flood and mm-hmm. so much murder. Yeah. So much blood on God's hands. Yeah, and, like, what about abortion specifically really just irks people? I I don't even think it's about murder or, you know, the abortion itself. I think it's well, just it's a freaking soapbox. Yeah, it's a control, and it's a soapbox to stand on and, like, talk about how amazing you are because you don't believe in abortion. <sighs> I'm amazing. <laughs> I follow God. <laughs> it's, I think... I don't know. I think, um, so I, I truly think that all humans are trying to do their best. And I think that people are all wanting to do good. And a lot of people are still controlled by fear. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest fears we have, especially as people who were raised evangelical, and most especially if you are still in that environment, is the fear of being bad. So you continually tell yourself you're bad because that's how you stay good, good. right? So you tell yourself you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, to believe that you're somehow worth something through God. 
So the most dangerous place in the world to be would be against the one person who gives you the only goodness and worth that you have. So your fear is so attached to not disappointing the person who controls your worth. Because if you don't have, you don't have any worth on your own, you only have worth through this other person who could change their mind at any time and whose rules are really confusing. Mm -hmm. So just to be on the safe side, you might become a little bit more extreme to make sure that you're okay. Mm -hmm. I think like that's really the driver behind so much of this is you don't want to anger the gods. And they call it like a healthy fear. They call it a healthy awe of God, Mm -hmm. but... It's so, it's so abusive, a relationship like that, where, and I've seen, I've seen this many times in, like, evangelical circles, and it makes so much sense, is, like, how would you feel if, like, if we were in a relationship, and I was like, well, I might, I might hurt you sometimes, but it's for your own good, mm-hmm. and I really know what's best for your life, because I, I have more understanding of the world, and how things work, I can see ahead, and so I might hurt you sometimes, but it's to keep you safe. You could fucking call that abuse. Mm-hmm. Because it is. Yeah. And that's, I know that, like, he's supposed to be all-knowing, all-powerful, etc. But, like, if, you're, if you actually are all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, come up with a better way. Because mm-hmm. you've got, if, if you do, you have literally a way higher mind than any of the people combined. Right? So come up with a better plan where you don't have to kill someone's child. Yeah. Where you don't have to kill the firstborn of people. Like, come on. Yeah, or just why... Think like, harder. Think harder. Or just, like, if you're so perfect, then why is everything you created complete, like, flawed and shit and chaos? Yeah, that's pretty messed up. <laughs> and, like, why, why didn't you... Why are you just allowing Satan to, like, tempt and kill people if that's what's happening like what just shake things up you, you got too lonely after like a century by yourself and now you're like mm, mm-hmm. let's, let's just shake things up a bit like these are people's like lives we're talking about mm-hmm. and well that'll bring us straight into the story of Job. oh yes please <laughs> some guy just like living his life you know? parties with his family. He's I just, actually like, a love the beginning nice of that guy. story. You what? I love the beginning, like where he's mm-hmm. you, like when you hear about his life that he has like all these children mm-hmm. that come to see him every week or whatever, and they have these festivals and feasts, and it's like what a good life. Yeah, yeah, it is a good life, and he's like super loyal to God, and then Satan's like, "Hey, God, you want to test that theory?" And God's like, "Yeah, dope. Let's do it. Just don't kill him." And then Satan, like, goes to town, God proves his point, and Joe went through a lot of, Joe, Job went through a lot of trauma. Didn't all his children die? Yeah, because apparently children are replaceable. Like, I feel like that's the moral of the story. They're like, oh, he got everything back. Like, that's what justifies it, and I'm like, his children died. But didn't he kill his wife, too, because she said, curse God and die? She said, curse God and die, and then didn't God kill her? I mean, maybe you're right. You just read the story. I just know she said that. I don't that know. I thought she just, like, abandoned him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just, like, Good for one version of it. Yeah. So. I mean, not leaving him, but, like. Right. Like, I gotta get out of this mess. All my children are gone. Mm-hmm. 
But, like, I just, like, what was the reason there for that? For Joe? Like, you just took everything from him, what, because you made a bet with Satan? Like, I never understood that. And, like, they would always try to, like, twist it to be, like, well, you know, Job was just, like, still loyal to God, and God rewarded him. I was, like, not before he took everything, like, yeah. from this perfectly nice guy's life. I would rather fucking And again, die. killed children, again, like, do you, can we talk about how many times God kills children in the Bible, and, like, you guys are worried about, like, six-week-old fetuses? <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, again, but, like... I know what answer I'm going to get if I try to, like... Because God didn't do it. Satan did. Yeah. Or... But he's a, he's God had a reason. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, well, Satan so can't do anything point. God doesn't allow. You're like, okay, so God allowed him to kill someone. Isn't that what we call, like... Uh, accessory to murder. Yeah, accessory to murder. Pretty sure that's what and the if law you, says. If you've got the if you've got the leash on a monster... And you set it loose to harm children. You know what it's going to do. You did that. Yeah. Not the monster. Not the monster. It's like the devil made me do it. Yeah. You just knew. You knew this was going to happen. And you let it happen. Mm-hmm. That's. That's absurd. Actually. You know. I find that like kind of an interesting parallel. Because I did. I was like. Looking at the, uh, the story of Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. And this story really fucked with me. As a kid. Me too. Because especially because they made a movie version and I would watch what? it. I didn't know that. I didn't oh, see the movie. Like the story of Abraham. Gotcha. Anyway, that's it. okay to ta- to show that to your child. I like, but 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 he didn't die. God stopped him at the last minute, so it's all fine. <sighs> it's all fine. The the <laughs> child sac like and it's Hold so up, funny though. to me too. How like everyone's complaining about child sacrificing under the White House or whatever that weird theory was, and I'm like <laughs> pizza parlor. Yeah, the pizza parlor. Well, and how, like, they're just, like, Tom Hanks and Oprah are, like, s- like sucking the youth out of children or something. And <laughs> yes, I did. I did all that weird bullshit. I'm like, yeah, kind of like how Abraham, like, killed his only son or was about to. Kind of yeah. like that. Anyway. It's it's so... Okay. No, you're good. <laughs> kind of like that. Stupid. It's just interesting to me because, like, this was, a re- this was really harmful to me as a child hearing about this story. Because... What I got from it is that if my if God told my parents to kill me mm-hmm. or harm me in any way, they would do it because that's what that's what God was testing here. Right. Um, he was saying like, "Are you willing? No to do one this? should be more important than me. Not yes. even your child. Not even your child." So what that what that did like I can't even imagine because they didn't know this. They didn't know there was going to be an extra sacrifice provided. Mm-hmm. So he was ready to kill his kid. Mm-hmm. You're you're ready to kill me because God told you to kill me. You're about to do it. I know it. For some reason, I'm there. And I, I see that you're going to do that. And you know you're going to do that. We would not recover from that. Mm-mm. You How? would never be able to trust your parent. No. It would be and impossible. I just felt like so unsafe hearing that and also i just had this like i don't know if you have you heard of the book uh, severe mercy so. it was a little bit like more of a niche book this guy who wrote it was friends with c.s lewis okay. so i heard about it in college and um the first two chapters are called pagan love 
And I love the first two chapters because it's a story about two people who are like non-Christians who fell in love. And it's like such a beautiful story, like more beautiful than The Notebook, like more beautiful than the most romantic story you've ever heard. These two people were just like, they bonded like no other humans. Very codependent relationship, but it was just so beautiful. And they like, they did everything together. They like made a pact that they would learn all the same things. So they learned to fly together. You get to hear this story. I like love the story. And then in the story, they become Christians. And what happens is she becomes a more quote-unquote devout Christian than he does. And so they learn about this concept of like putting God first and like making him a priority. And so she's doing that. And she's giving a lot of her dedication like to the point where she's like worn out doing this stuff. And he's like, I just miss seeing you read like Charles Dickens sitting in a, like in the corner or whatever. And um, then she gets cancer. And she dies. And his moral, because he's writing this story, is that God took her away from him to, to bring, like, as a severe mercy, to make him put God first. And that, that is oh the point. Oh, my God. That is the point of the story. And to me, that was so similar to this. Like, a severe mercy. Mercy, like, go to the extreme mercy. end. Mercy. To take the most amazing thing in your life away from you to prove a point. This just sounds like a dictator. It is. That's but the like, definition. For me, this was so scary because like this concept of Abraham and Isaac and um, reading that book, I, I never felt like I could get attached or close to people. Mm-hmm. Even like even my parents. Because I, I didn't want to put anyone before God because I didn't want them to disappear. I didn't want to be told to break up with them. I didn't want to be told that I had to leave or that they would die or like my getting close to people, too attached to people, meant that God would ask me to 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 sacrifice them. I'm not talk about intimacy issues like. I don't want to be, my, my, like, um, I don't know if you know about, like, attachment theory and, like, psychology, but, like, my, my attachment is, like, um, uh, anxious avoidant, so it's, like, I want to be with you, I want to be with you, I want to be with you, get away from me. (laughs) Oh, you're one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am, but it's, it's because of things like this, Mm -hmm. because I want to be really close, want to be really close, and then I'm, like, but if I get too close... God's going to take it. God's going to take it away. No, I mean, I don't believe that anymore, but, like, I get right. really anxious around intimacy because of that. I'm just, like, afraid that something bad will happen. Because that's, like, the way this operates. It, and the way so much of the Old Testament operates okay. is, like, I'm sorry, you put this thing or this person ahead of me, and so this isn't going to work. Like, you're going to have to do this. Every breakup I went through, first of all, every relationship I was in, I was like, God's going to ask me to break up with this person. Which, you know, summer camp, the yeah. last night, mm-hmm. everyone broke up because of God's telling you to, to yeah. put him first and yeah. tell this special someone that they, they can wait. <laughs> yes. Classic excuse. Oh. You know, that's actually how I ended things with my fiancé. Well, not my fiancé. We never really officially got engaged. Um, but we talked about getting married and we were together for seven years. And Such a long time. I had no, like, we were at our wit's end, like, fighting constantly. And I had no other way to get out of that. And I was just like, I just don't think God wants this. 
and that was like all I could come up with at the time. I was so miserable. And I mean, it made sense for like, you know, where we were at, but right. it's so, it's so wild. I'm glad it was useful to me, at least for something. <laughs> well, you know, whatever you need to do. God works in mysterious ways. Yes, he works in mysterious ways. <laughs> that's just, it. for me, that's like, that's the damage that can come from taking stuff like this literally. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, it's like, if it's like a story, ancient text, it tells us a lot and we can learn you know, historical things about it, and also Every understand how... Every parable and story has a lesson in it. It just doesn't mean... It doesn't mean it's literal, and it doesn't, and it doesn't mean, mean it's real, and it doesn't mean... Yeah, and I just, like, even reading this, the little bit that I did yesterday, I was like, oh, so much of this was just interpretation of pastors within a certain set of rules that they had to follow who they understood God to be. Yeah, but like, which is why they other... wanted to read the Bible to you. Right. The Bible wasn't even accessible in the hands of people until way later. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to dictate it to us. And I think those like those rules and parameters they set on it before they give it to people continue to dictate dictate how people look at it today. Mm-hmm. At least in evangelical circles. Right. Maybe. They might still try to change this color. <laughs> to white. Well, we know they did. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I just have well, I have more, but I'll just say another one that has to do against um, children being killed, yeah. since we're driving that point home. Yeah. Um, oh, it's in Psalm 137, 8-9. Oh, daughter of Babylon, you devastator. Happy shall they be who pay you back what you have done to us. Happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. So this is David. Does this David who wrote this or Solomon? I don't know. How do you know in Psalms who wrote what? Um, I I remember finding somewhere that like Solomon wrote some of them. I think I know that most of them are written by David. It's yeah. It's probably David. I don't know. But um, some translations I guess say blessed instead of happy shall they be. It's blessed. Okay, because that's so much better to kill innocent babies. Of those who are keeping you from worshiping your own God. So, again, just another jealous, egotistical God being like, oh, I'm going to wreak havoc on the world because they're not giving me attention. That's like a justification of really horrible shit. Mm-hmm. That's why it, like, doesn't, to some extent, like, surprise me when Christians do and say horrible shit because I'm like, well... I know what book you're reading. And like... This is going to come out if this is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of anger. Maybe you won't be killing babies. I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully not. But like that kind of anger and vindictive, petty, like really voracious anger, you become like what you focus on. Mm -hmm. What you focus on, you get more of. And if you're focusing on this kind of vindictiveness and hate for someone who thinks differently than you, that's going to come out. Mm-hmm. I find this, like, especially hearing all this stuff now about how, like, how they're talking about kids, which is very little. And when they do, they're talking about killing them. And as, like, pawns in their game of who has more power mm-hmm. and who wants to get back in power, it explains a lot about, like, 
how we were viewed as kids when we were little. And like this, well, I choose God above my children and being in church above my children and like dragging your kids to a random country to be a white savior mm -hmm. because God called you there, quote unquote. This like disregard for your kids in the name of being what you think is good because your God told you to and causing a lot of harm in the process, not just to your kids, but to the people that you're supposedly helping. Mm -hmm. that, that type of, I don't know, that type of belief and perspective around children is, is that of a burden and a tool. Like even viewing kids as like arrows in your quiver to send forth the gospel, they're tools as mm -hmm. a part of your plan. They're not autonomous beings, just like they don't view women as autonomous beings. Yeah, they're not seen like, as human. Yeah, well, it's like when you have a baby and immediately dedicate them to the Lord or something. Like, mm -hmm. you're just like you are like mine to give. Yeah, it's I, not I see like you are going to be a person who's going to grow up and become like your own thing. It's like you are mine, and I get to do with you what I want as long as I can control you. Yeah, that's why I think like dedicating babies to the Lord is just like annoying. Because it's like, it's like annoying. It's just annoying. It's like, why? Like, I, but now they're going to grow up and, and be like 16 years old and be like, God isn't real. And, like, you know what's interesting? It's like so many of us who, like, those of us who took this very seriously and who, like, deeply invested our lives for this cause because our parents did and because they indoctrinated us from such a young age are the ones who left. Mm -hmm. And I know there's people who weren't in it as extreme as others. Um, but it was like, it's mostly those of us who like read it and we're like, but hang on. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. And we question things and they didn't have answers. Didn't, yeah. Yeah. Which brings me to this good thing that I found on Twitter by yeah. at Caitlin J. Stout. Um, oh, I love them. Yeah. Um, they said, a friend asked the other day what percentage of people I went to youth group with deconstructed and what percentage remained evangelical. As I thought about it, I realized that for the the most part, it was the kids who took their faith the most seriously who eventually walked away. Those of us who tearfully promised that we would follow Jesus anywhere eventually followed him out the door. The queer kids, more than anyone, learned exactly what it meant to work out our faith with fear and trembling. They told us to read the Bible and take it seriously and then mocked us for becoming, quote, social justice warriors. <laughs> now they're warning us not to deconstruct to the point of meaninglessness but they took a chisel to God until he fit in a box. They, quote, deconstructed the concept of love until it allowed them to tolerate sexual abuse, celebrate white supremacy, and look away from kids in cages. Hmm. Some of us got to where we are because we took it all to heart. We took the most foundational elements of our faith to their natural conclusions. Folks who deconstruct evangelicalism aren't dropouts, they're graduates. Hmm. Which I thought was, like, super cool. Thank you, Caitlin. Yes, thanks, Caitlin. Yes, I saw that yes, uh, Caitlin. a couple weeks ago and was just like so, like, yes, that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that Caitlin put words to that because 
Yeah, I like and read people that. People have and I was said like, that. I, you know, I need to share this. So yeah. clear there. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's so true. I mean, my degrees in theology. I went to. I was homeschooled. Went to a Christian high school. Went to Bible college. Mm-hmm. Got my degree in theology. Studied to be a missionary and did ministry. Worked at a Bible college. Ended up in a cult because that's the nth degree of what Matthew eighteen led us to. Mm-hmm. And. Then it was like, this doesn't make sense anymore. We're harming people. Yeah. I'm watching people who I love be harmed. Mm-hmm. There's got to be another way to do this. Life. Or yeah. any of this. There's got to be another way. There's gotta, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I love that it says graduates instead of like, it's not even just like, oh, we deconstructed or deconverted. It's like, no, we graduated. Keep up. <laughs> keep up keep up it's a the thing is like within within that system you kind of like you have to justify it right so mm-hmm. they say like we lost our faith or we like fell away or walked away or like yeah away 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 I never felt like I was walking away from something mm-hmm. I was always walking towards something like towards a more expansive love Mm-hmm. Towards a more loving God. Towards a good God. I was always moving with this, like, a greater and deeper expansive belief in in God. That God could be bigger and more loving than I had thought before. Mm-hmm. And the expansive, that thought of that was just so beautiful. And literally, like, calmed my entire nervous system down. Like, I know this is right because I feel it in my entire body. Mm-hmm. It is good for me to believe this. And it it's it's just so interesting because it's not it's not a walking away. It's a walking towards something. Mm-hmm. It's a walking towards loving other humans and being a better person mm-hmm. and loving your neighbor and not you, living in fear. Yes, not living in fear and helping other people like and not living in competition with other people. And really valuing yourself and valuing other people and their choices mm-hmm. instead of control. Yeah. Power with instead of power over. And like all of these concepts are just like a moving towards something, not a moving away. Yeah. And I really hate that um, like they always make it to where like we're somehow like not as loving or like. I don't know. I, I just feel like when I've talked to like people from that part of my life, I, I feel that I've been accused of sort of like not giving a shit or like, you know, like with the whole abortion thing, oh, you've just, you've gone so like, you know, low or far or whatever word they use. And it's just like, no, I'm just like caring about like people like on a completely different level than you are at all. Like you just care about people who believe and talk the way you do and act the way you want them to. Like then you care about people and you think, I mean, it's different when you're like ministering to someone, they like allow you to just sort of like flounder around, but they're like, Oh, but you know, you're going to get saved and God's going to do amazing things in your life and all this shit. And when you walk away, it's sort of like, I don't know, like they, they, feel the need to attack you on on some level like they get real defensive real like you're a shitty person and it sucks because it's like I actually probably care about you more than you care about you mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to an extent because well 
I'll just say my last one, which I sent it to you, that, that one gal who was talking real sadly about herself on Facebook, remember? Uh, I don't, but I will. Okay, well, as soon as I start reading, though. Um, she posted a status about, you know, sin and, and yeah. striving to just, you know, yeah. lo- wanting to really love God and just be that perfect girl and be that perfect woman of God and all that, you know, that yeah. whole rhetoric. And But she didn't realize, like, I read it and it's probably because I'm so much out of it now that I don't, like, hear that talk and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I was like, you are talking, like, shit about yourself. And I was like... Like, I literally, like, commented, and I was like, honey, no. Like, I was like, stop. (laughs) Um, But she goes, sin is enjoying anything more than you enjoy God. I'm guilty of it. We all are. Christianity starts with a warning and ends with a wonder. I don't think it ends with wonder. Um, Warning to my heart that I am more wretched and sinful, deserving hell more than I can imagine. Yet wonder at God's goodness. His mercy. Mm. Who loves me more than I can imagine. God died to separate me from my cancerous enjoyment of idols so I can be satisfied beyond measure with his goodness. And every day is a fight to enjoy him more, to desire him more, to behold and wonder and heed the warning. There's no in between. We're either embracing Christ and killing sin, which I thought was an interesting word choice, Mm -hmm. or sin is killing us. Oh God, don't let me waste my life with substitutes. I have so many thoughts. Oh, this is a lot for one, but like, mm-hmm. I just commented. I said, "Oh, honey," I was like, "You are not wretched and sinful," and I was like, "And you don't deserve hell." I was like, "It makes me super sad you're talking about yourself this way." Mm-hmm. And she immediately quoted scripture at me from Romans about how all have sinned sure. and vice of grace and all this shit. She has to. Yeah, she has to. And I wasn't really trying to argue with her because that's 100% pointless. But I really was just like, well, if God loves you this much, then you should, like, you should start yourself up a little you should, bit. Yeah, I was like, you should really. You are uh, God's chosen. Like, come yeah. on, get on the, like, the... You're doing great, okay? <laughs> Obviously, you're having a moment, but, like, chill. And, like, some oh, other person, so like, hard to hear. literally shared her status and was, like, saying amen and all this stuff. And I was, like, this is bonkers. Like, I felt like the weird person in the room. I wasn't actually in the room. But, like, you I know, know, when you're I on Facebook you and you're reading all these people's, like, it's like you're, it's like you're watching. It's been a weird Yeah, show. it's a weird yeah, show. Yeah. Like, you kind of have your popcorn out. Anyway. <laughs> but I was just, like, what is going on? This is, like, completely bonkers. And... Mm-hmm. I, nobody sees anything wrong with this. And, like, why did she feel the need to, like, just put this out there? Obviously, she was trying to reassure herself that what she's doing is right. That she, you know, this will be worth it. Mm-hmm. But I truly think that she is struggling. I mean, she's on, like, the precipice of going either way at this point, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, she's, like, I feel like you're struggling hard at this point. Oh, Yeah. And, like, every day is a fight to enjoy him, to desire him. Like, I always felt like we used, like, weirdly sexual words when talking about God, too. Like, <laughs> Again, enjoy him. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I mean, anyway. Song Solomon was presented as, like, a spiritual text, not a sexual one, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. No, he's clearly talking about a woman. Let's yes. all just chill. They were like, no, he's talking about God and, like, Israel. The church is his bride. Yeah. I'm like, no. no. Unless, Man all, was unless they're having sex, that's not <laughs> what that's about. 
<laughs> oh my god, I have I have so many thoughts on that. Like, so so when things are, I'll I'll just talk about this quote first because um, yeah, that that's the reason that I like that is a huge part of why I coach people. Mm-hmm. Because because that is what we believed. Mm-hmm. That is where we were at with our worth. So to step away from that. Say you come to the realization that this isn't true and you start your journey out. There is so much of this messaging around you having no worth. Mm -hmm. It takes time to build that up. And that's a huge part of what I work on with people because this is where our self-worth was at. Yeah, there's none. None. It's non-existent. None. It is entirely based outside of yourself Mm -hmm. on someone who can change their mind and who is really angry at you most of the time mm-hmm. i i've i feel like i've said things like this or journaled things like oh, this for sure because because i had to reassure god or make sure god knew how much i was mm-hmm. serious and how i meant it and wanted him to know so that he believed me and it was just like it's like a constant proving of yourself in a, in, a, in a way of putting you down. I mean, they would never say it's a way of proving yourself because you can't prove anything. Right. And God knows everything. But you still have to fucking try because mm-hmm. you're human and because you want to be okay. Mm-hmm. And there's no way she could accept a compliment or any kind of support out of this because to feel bad is to feel safe. If you feel shame, you feel that then you're safe with God. Mm-hmm. so shame is like weirdly associated with some kind of safety like I'm gonna be okay if I'm ashamed of who I am mm-hmm. I'm gonna be saved if I'm ashamed of who I am and that's it's so backwards and it's a lot to undo in this after deconstruct process to like come back to be like okay shame doesn't actually make you a better person you thought it did because this is what the system told you to do but like there's other ways to change that are way more effective yeah. because shame just puts you in a constant state of panic. And that's, that just breaks my heart for her. And I hope that someday that she's able to see how valuable she is for literally existing, mm-hmm. even though she's doing it. Well, and hopefully to like herself this. too. Yeah, exactly. Because to get up in the morning and be able to enjoy your cup of coffee more than God and be okay with that and trust that God's cool with that would be pretty nice for her. Yeah. You know? it sounds like it's pretty rough over there <laughs> right now with whatever you're doing. <laughs> and, like, I also thought it was interesting where she was like, don't let me waste my life. And I'm like, no, you are wasting your life right now over this bullshit. Like, you're not enjoying yourself clearly. You're not, like you know, just branching out, like, you clearly are posting on Facebook about how much you think you deserve hell, and it's just, mm-hmm. like, you're you're not enjoying yourself, so to me, that would be wasting your life, so, like, mm-hmm. everything's just backwards, but of course, I could never say that. What I'm, what I'm hoping for her is, so I, the final thing that I wrote for notes for this, um, this section about the Old Testament is... Mm-hmm is one thing that I gained from reading the Old Testament is the ability to, like, make stories. So even just I was reading it, like I said, there's, like, there's no meaning out of it. Right. Humans make meaning, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Having some awareness around your ability to make meaning of things keeps you alive. 
mm-hmm. keeps you motivated, can keep you positive, can make you really sad and shameful. It can do a lot of things. But I hope for this person that when they leave, they can come up with a story for themselves for how this was not wasted time. Mm-hmm. So that they, they can see how it can be useful and how they can do something even better now with their life and see that maybe their time in it wasn't wasted necessarily. Maybe they need to grieve that because that is really, really sad. Mm-hmm. But that they can also make meaning out of it that can become a beautiful part of their story. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's like a dark night of the soul. It is. It is. And I, I remember feeling that bad too. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was in it, it's not fun. But it, you're not allowed to feel good. So feeling good is scary. Unless like you're worshiping God or something. Right. Yeah. Cause you find like you associate pleasure with like, unless it's outside of worship or whatever the fuck else that it's, it's sinful. That's so true. It's been a lot of work for me to like reclaim desire as actually a guide for my life. Mm-hmm. When I had associated it for so long to danger, mm-hmm. you know? But it's actually, like, the key, like, your deep, deepest desire is actually the key to, like, your guide for your life, mm-hmm. specifically. Because what you, what you like, your soul longs for is leading you to something, to your most fulfilled life, your life's purpose, what matters to you, your personal values. Like, all of that that we were cut off from by believing that desire is dangerous, is actually what allows us to live a life outside of this system. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it was used to oppress us. What? <laughs> That's crazy To keep women down. Almost like that. Almost like, yeah. No. <laughs> it was. It was. It was, though. <laughs> I know. I'm just glad that we're not in it anymore. I'm so sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> You're like me at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because I've been going strong since 7 a.m., which isn't even that really. But... You have a right to be tired. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Even if you slept till 10, you have a right to be tired. <laughs> Sometimes we're just tired. <laughs> Sometimes life just really kicks our butt. <laughs> yeah. Um... Did you go through all your stories? I think so. Yeah, okay. let me check. I wanted to make sure you didn't have something that you didn't want to. No, I really only did those two and then was just kind of like talking about it. Um, I really write all this to like just get my mind going and then I try to like me remember too. it as yeah. we're doing it. Me too. I like. I don't want to like read a script, but. Right. Where sometimes I'm funnier like when I like write it down ahead of because time. Because you've done like acting and singing. Yeah. <laughs> so this is your own. <laughs> Mm. stay safe out there kids (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah I'm so like one thing I do want to say is like with all of this I have been able to like make meaning of my own story and that is like I spent like so much of my time and life and education and dedicated like my waking thought to this like constant praying constant 
focus on this and I still have found a way to make meaning of my life and not consider it useless Mm -hmm. because I can still see myself through all of that and have have created a life for myself now that I really love and I think I am I mean I know I am a lot of the way I am because of what I went through and I would at the same time, I would never want to do that to anyone else or want anyone right. to go through that. But that's not the point. The point is that I've been able to find joy and happiness and peace and freedom beyond this and not discount my own experiences mm-hmm. and as, like, a total loss. You know? Right. Because I was there. And I did enjoy some things in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially as a kid, I don't... I mean, we enjoyed to some extent our childhood, and there was there was good things in it. It's not like we, yeah, were orphan Annie or something. But I wanted to be an orphan a lot when I was little. I think we all Isn't just that weird. Do we like those stories? Because all there were so many cool movies about orphans. <laughs> there was. I mean, Oliver Twist. It was a Annie. thing. It, it was, was just a like thing. <laughs> the Lost Boys and Peter Pan. I mean, it was totally just it was a thing. I That's mean, I don't think we fantasy. were like. It is, but it's not a thought-out one. I mean, what would we have actually done if we were like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I never read Orphan Home, even though I'm pretty sure right. my sister did. It was did. just a fantasy. It was like, oh, what if we didn't have our parents telling us to clean our rooms? I just It'd wanted to magical. live in an orphanage with, like, tons of kids. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because yeah. I was homeschooled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have a name it. for that. It's called public school. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. <sighs> I definitely thought about it, too. (laughs) I think that's all that I have. That's all that I have. Let us chills. Yes. Good one. (laughs) (laughs) That worked much different. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please share with anyone who you think might find this content relatable. You can find us on Instagram at cheers to leaving. You can find me at Christina Carlson life coach, and you can find Rachel at baby feely B A B Y F E E L E Y.